5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us uh, here on a busy, busy uh, Thursday. Final show of the week for us. It was announced earlier today that they have uh, moved Game 2 of the ECU Baseball Series up until uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow, so that will preempt us on the Patrick Johnson Show, so a long weekend uh, for our guys tomorrow, uh, which I'm sure will be welcomed. Uh, and uh, we'll have coverage beginning at 445 tomorrow of Game 2 of the series between ECU and South Florida from Tampa. Pirates are a half game behind Houston in the standings right now and obviously trying to uh, overtake the Bearcats and get the top seed in next week's uh, American Athletic Conference Tournament from Clearwater, Florida. Pirates will obviously stay down there after they wrap up the series Saturday. And then we'll uh, get a workout in, uh, check into their hotel Sunday late and uh, in Clearwater, uh, moving over from Tampa, and then uh, get ready for the uh, tournament. We'll talk to Coach Godwin Monday, as we always do, and uh, looking forward to uh, going inside the uh, clubhouse with Coach Godwin coming up on Monday. Uh, coverage begins at 6.15 tonight for a 6.30 first pitch. Originally, I thought it was 6. I think it was listed originally at 6, but... A change somewhere along the line was made, uh, and uh, so 6.15. So we're going to 6.15 on the radio side tonight. Hour here on uh, 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app uh, and uh, the video platforms. But from 6 to 6.15, we'll have uh, a special overtime bonus segment for you, leading you into Pirate Baseball coverage. So uh, stand by for that. We're going to be joined by ECU track and field coach Kurt Kraft. They have had a very successful run. Speaking of Tampa, down at the uh, AAC Track and Field Championships last week and are getting ready to uh, send some athletes to the uh, NCAA East Regional. So that is uh, kind of the lay of the land uh, today. The very latest out of Amelia Island, uh, Florida, where the ACC had their uh, meetings with the ADs and the football coaches. We're going to uh, talk with Brett Friedlander, an old friend, Brett has uh, been covering uh, sports throughout North Carolina and the ACC and even ECU for decades. Uh, he now works for a website called Saturday Road. Uh, you may be familiar with the Saturdays Down South uh, website that covers the SEC and particularly uh, SEC football. Well, that uh, same parent group has started a, uh, a website for the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, called uh, Saturday Road, playing off, the, of course, uh, Tobacco Road. So, uh, we'll find out about the Magnificent Seven and the Grand of Rights and all of that. So, uh, Brett Friedlander coming up uh, in the uh, program. Uh, PGA Championship going uh, right now. Scotty Scheffler is a shot behind Bryson DeChambeau. He and a couple of others are tied at three under. Is uh, Scheffler DeChambeau coming off the Live Tour firing a uh, four under 66. Phil Mickelson right now is uh, wrapping up his fourth. And uh, so far, lefty is uh, even. He has a putt to stay there, it looks like. Uh, and uh, Phil Mickelson will remain at even uh, through the first four holes uh, at the uh, PGA in New York, where it was delayed because of frost. Can you believe that? Uh, and uh, delayed a couple of hours. So I'm not sure if they're going to get all of the first round completed today. They may have to come back uh, tomorrow uh, 
and uh, wrap up the uh, first round. Uh, of course, Harold Varner the third participating ECU golf alum, and uh, he right now is uh, in a bunch of players, a gaggle of players tied at 14 and uh, even. So he's still very much into this going into the second round uh, tomorrow. Uh, and Harold uh, right now is scheduled to tee off at 1 o'clock again, I think with them having to wrap up uh, some golf in the morning because of uh, the weather delay today. That uh, may push that tee time for Harold back, but we'll follow it uh, for you. All right. Uh, some other news and notes. We'll have a pirate report for you coming up in uh, a little bit. We've got pirate baseball. I'll run through uh, some of that as far as the uh, uh, the who, what, when, and where, and why tonight. Uh, but uh, we had some major news uh, today uh, that was uh, presented on the station, 94.3 The Game. Uh, of course, every day at noon on uh, 94.3 The Game, our video platforms and uh, also uh, our IBX Media app, which you can download for free right now on Google Play and uh, the App Store, and you can get all of our great IBX radio stations just two clicks away from this show. Uh, we uh, have the stream for you live every day at 5, and we've also got uh, for you the uh, uh, the podcast form of it. And uh, you can also watch the show on the uh, IBX media app. Uh, but uh, the great Hank Hinton was a guest today of uh, Steve and I go on the Hoist the Colors radio show, which you can hear at noon every day. Uh, right here on 94.3 The Game. And uh, Steve and I go from uh, 247 Sports and Hoist the Colors, uh, the 247 ECU network site there. Uh, talked about uh, some updates with the uh, Team Boneyard NIL Collective that uh, some of uh, our ownership here uh, is a part of starting. And uh, a big piece of news today as far as uh, maybe that will compel others to give to the NIL Collective. Uh, this is Hank Hinton uh, making that announcement today on the Hoist the Colors radio program. The one thing that I feel like I felt like was stunning our growth was I talked to some people. They say, is it tax deductible? Well, when you're giving money to a business, it's not tax deductible. So I, I started looking around like a uh, pack of wolves, one of the NC State collectives, and now there's multiple collectives at NC State, and they're fighting with each other. Um, I started looking at some of the other ones in the area. They were all tax deductible. And um, so we, we, we talked to some of the companies that they were involved with. They were, they were foundations. Uh, they were able to collect the money and pay it out to the players and have it be tax deductible to the, the fan base, to the contributors. That's what we uh, that's what we were looking to do, and we found a local charity that fits right in with what we were trying to do, and that charity is the Parents for Public Schools of Pitt County. Uh, the Parents for Public Schools is a national charity, and the 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 PPSPC is the local chapter of it. All right, so uh, that is the uh, announcement today. From uh, Hank Hinton, uh, essentially, uh, you make your donation to uh, Team Boneyard by going to the uh, Team Boneyard Collective uh, online or wherever, however you do that, and uh, it will be a tax-deductible uh, donation. So that's the big news uh, today coming out of that. Steven's got a story up uh, with uh, quotes from the show today at uh, hoistthecolors.com, so you can uh, check it out there on uh, that. Great job by our staff. Uh, getting that, and congratulations to Hank, who's worked really, really hard on this. Uh, 
And look, uh, you know, I, I do fall into that. Uh, well, I don't, I don't maybe fall into that group of a lot of you out there where I just don't like an NIL period. I think there's some usefulness to it. I interviewed Ed O'Bannon years ago before NIL became a thing. And uh, I saw his perspective of players deserve some kind of compensation. The O'Bannon example was he was in a video game uh, as a playable character, even though his name was not on there, but it was the UCLA and it had his number and it looked like him in the video game. So he should have gotten some money for that. I, I agree with that. I, that, if your jersey's being sold, uh, I don't find any problem with uh, an autograph signing or uh, even an athlete representing a business. I don't think that's a big issue. Uh, what NIL is being used as, and, and this is where I, I think everybody's got a problem with it, or they should, is it's being used as uh, basically signing bonus money. Uh, it's free agency, particularly in football and basketball right now. We're starting to see it more in baseball, and I'm sure we'll see it to a degree in other sports. So, I mean, it's a real problem from that perspective. But uh, as far as should the students get something for their hard work in that month, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. Uh, Mike Houston said about the NIL on this program that at East Carolina that allows football players to have their rent paid for the summer months. Uh, within their scholarship package and aid package, they do not receive uh, money uh, for a month or two in the summer for their apartments. They're staying in Greenville year-round. They're working out. This allows them not to have to take a job. Uh, and just concentrate on football, concentrate in the weight room, concentrate on getting better. Uh, and uh, obviously that's something that is very big for uh, ECU student-athletes, particularly the uh, Pirate football team. So, you know, from that standpoint, there's really no excuse if you've not donated to the uh, NIL collective. There's, and this isn't – you don't have to give thousands of dollars. This is a sort of thing, give what you're compelled to give, give what you can afford to give, but just know that – this will go towards allowing better student-athletes to come here because, again, like it or not, NIL is being used as an enticement. And uh, you've got to put out a competitive package of compensation uh, going against schools that have just gone hog wild with it. Uh, by and large, uh, and I would say 99.999999% of this is uh, a situation where it's really beneficial to the student-athletes and nobody's getting richer. In fact, I'd say 100% of it is with the ECU situation. Uh, it's not free agency like it is at uh, other places. And, you know, it, it is interesting. I mean, we've, we've got a little ways to go and work to do in the NIL, and I think we'll get there. But, uh, you know, there's some that have just gone absolutely ballistic. And uh, there's some that uh, are not as paying out as much as you would think. So, I mean, we're not far from being competitive to get uh, – people out of the portal, and that's another part of this world we're in now. The portal is going to be a part of college athletics for the foreseeable future. So uh, uh, these are two areas that uh, ECU's got to be competitive in, and we can be in the NIL through the Boneyard Collective. So my uh, advice there would be, uh, hey, it's tax deductible now, and uh, you can make your donation, and that would be a great uh, thing. By the way, uh, you saw maybe in the uh, video still we put up uh, the hat. I think you get uh, – a hat and a shirt at a certain level, so that's a good thing. I've had the boneyard hat and have rocked it a couple times. I'd like the shirt. I got to figure out. Uh, I got to. I got to carve my budget out 
and uh, and look at uh, maybe doing what I could do to get the uh, shirt by uh, contributing. Uh, talk to I was texting earlier today. Uh, I know a lot of people are playing tomorrow in the Chamber Golf Tournament. Uh, our great friend uh, Trent McGee, McGee on Sports, the uh, sports director for IBX Media for a number of years and uh, co-host with Henry on Talk of the Town. Uh, they have a golf tournament tomorrow. Right now that is still on, or at least it was as of this afternoon. They're going to go with an 8.30 shotgun start tomorrow with the hopes of getting it in. So uh, that is the uh, plan tomorrow uh, for the uh, for the Chamber Golf event. And as of this afternoon, it was still on. All right. Uh, we've... Uh, you know, we're talking about money in uh, college athletics. It's a big deal, including in the ACC, where, uh, you know, the magnificent seven, as it's been put, uh, that includes NC State and North Carolina, are looking at uh, how can they break the grant of rights. I mean, that's kind of where it started. Uh, we, we talked about this last year. There's really no way without sinking yourself financially, not being able to take, because that grant of rights, Agreement runs through 2036. Who knows if we'll be here in 2036? But that's uh, that, that's how long it runs. So uh, it would cost an untold amount of money to get out of that with the way it's written. Brett Friedlander is going to be with us coming up. Uh, SaturdayRoad.com. Brett has also done some work for Bonesville, North State Journal, some other outlets as well, but uh, now with that group there. I wanted to talk to him about this because what does this mean for the ACC in its future? What does this mean for North Carolina and North Carolina State as far as its uh, future in the ACC? Uh, and uh, what is really the motivation here? Because that grant of, right, that grant of rights is airtight, and it's a, it's a burdensome penalty if you want to try to break the grant of rights. I mean, it's very advantageous for the conference if uh, that is the case, if, if an institution decided to break out. So we'll get the latest on that from uh, – Brett Friedlander will also have a pirate report for you a little bit later on. So uh, stay with us here on a special uh, edition. On the radio side, we're going to 615, top of the hour with the video. Uh, stay with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Brett Friedlander, when we return. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? Ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. On this uh, special edition of the Patrick Johnson Show today, we're getting you ready for ECU baseball coming up uh, with uh, Scooter and Cocho from Tampa as the Pirates uh, take on South Florida in the opening game of uh, their series. But right now we're talking the Magnificent Seven, not the film. <laughs> I don't know if it's a book or not, but it's uh, this guy would know. Uh, our old friend, he's been on this station on this show many a time, uh, many times and also at other uh, shows that have been on this station uh, Brett Friedlander now with SaturdayRoad.com covering the ACC. Uh, Brett Friedlander joins us uh, from Parts Unknown uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Brett, always great to see you and talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, Pat. McMurphy, we love Brett. Brett's on the show uh, a lot. Uh, we've had Ross Dellinger on the show a couple of times, uh, and uh, he's fantastic, too. Um, I think part of what they have reported with this Magnificent Seven is facts. I think some of it is educated speculation, and, and we're starting to maybe see this, the sorting out of that. But uh, your reporting uh, on this has been marvelous. So what are the facts and what is assumed at this point with the ACC and the grant of rights? The biggest fact that everybody has to be aware of 
is that there is a grant of rights, and it is pretty ironclad. Uh, the seven schools led by the three most uh, prominent football brand names of the ACC, that would be Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, uh, floated it out there that they are you know, the Magnificent Seven. They've joined with four other programs. North Carolina and NC State are, the, are two of the others. Uh, to get their lawyers to go over the grant of rights with a uh, fine-tooth comb to see if they can find it out to it uh, so that they can all spread their wings and fly in their own different directions. The problem with this is that the, uh, the grant of rights is pretty ironclad, and if they haven't found anything by now, they're not going to find anything. And I think this was all a smokescreen. It was all basically a plan to bully the other schools into uh, adopting some sort of a, a, a weighted distribution of revenue plan that would give them more money. And it was in at least, you know, some ways successful. Um, let me explain the, the grant of rights here, too, just in case there are any of your, your, uh, your audience that isn't really clear as to what this thing is. Back in 2016, John Swafford um, – negotiated what at that time was a really good TV deal with ESPN. The problem is, is that it ran for 20 years and, you know, <laughs> contracts change, uh, inflation happens, and it's not right. such a great deal now. But the thing about it is it was such a good deal when it came about that everybody wanted to lock in and make sure that, you know, they were all together and that there was no, you know, no – people straying, no defectors. And so they all signed this document that said, we are part of the ACC for the duration of this contract, and we can't get out of it. And if we do try to get out of it, it's going to cost us $120 million right off the top. Plus, we forfeit all our broadcast revenue back to the ACC for the remainder of the contract. So, if a team hey, wanted a to get out dollars. of the ACC right now. It's a billion dollars it would cost somebody to get out right yes. now. Yes. Really so basically, if you wanted to get out of the ACC and go, say, to the Big Ten, where they make $70 million a year, as opposed to the $40 million a year that the ACC is getting, great. you got to pay 120 mil right off the top, and you're basically going to pay for the next 13 years, you're going to play your home games for free without getting anything. So you're going to lose out of the deal. Uh, it's also interesting that all of a sudden Louisville and the reporting from out there, they're all of a sudden the magnificent eight, according to the Louisville. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't deny that anybody wants to get uh, – because it's, it's the same thing we've seen in professional sports with a lot of these contracts. Gone are the days of the long-term contracts, particularly in basketball. And you have guys taking shorter term so they can renegotiate – or have their agents renegotiate so they can get more as these rights fees uh, – you know, go up or, or the rev share and uh, the professional level goes up, and, and there's it gives them a chance to to not be locked in at a number for so long, but uh, up that number potentially. So th that's that's probably the short-sightedness of what uh, Swafford was, was doing. Do you foresee this deal? I mean, obviously we know ESPN likes it because it is locked in long-term mm -hmm. and compared to where some of this is heading. Uh, but do we see any attempts at renegotiating in any of this with ESPN or other providers of the <laughs> ACC right now? Yeah, renegotiating is really kind of tricky right now because there are other, the Pac-12 and, uh, you know, 
has a contract that's coming up. Uh, they just renegotiated with uh, the Big 12, the, the newly expanded Big 12. I don't know that there's a lot of money available right now, especially when you have ESPN laying off so many people. Uh, yeah. I, I think their best bet is to try to branch out. The one thing that they've got going for them is that because the streaming rights were not what they are now in 2016, they're not right. included in the ESPN package. And so the ACC has that ace in the hole. They can still sell their, their streaming rights. And I think the best bet, and I don't know if it's been discussed or, or what, but in my mind the best bet is to, to join with Notre Dame uh, because Notre Dame is now renegotiating its – or negotiating a new deal with its, with, with its partner, NBC – um, I think the ACC should try to, to join in with Notre Dame and include its streaming rights uh, into that deal and maybe, you know, get it picked up by Peacock and, uh, and, 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 and maybe even throw in, you know, the games that are on Bally right now, uh, throw right. in a game every Saturday when Notre Dame's not, you know, playing at home and, and NBC doesn't have the rights to that game. I think that's the way to go, um, but – who knows what they're going to do because they've got to do something. This, this deal that they worked out, the, the merit-based, um, you know, uh, incentive program is nice, but it, it really basically is just a dent in the, in, in the disparity between what they're bringing in compared to the Big Ten and the uh, SEC. We're talking to uh, Brett Friedlander. SaturdayRoad.com is where you can check out uh, Brett's uh, work. Uh, Brett has uh, followed the ACC for decades. <laughs> and uh, is uh, just done. A, even though he's he's a young man, he's done a fabulous job uh, covering. The I ACC. started when I was six. He started when he was six years old. Exactly. Um. So let me let me ask you this. Uh, and credit to McMurphy for knowing that uh, Virginia couldn't go anywhere without Virginia Tech, and you would see for the most part can't go anywhere without NC State. That's why it's the seven that that have come mm-hmm. in. The other part of this and the shoe dropping is, and we'll get into what is really at play here. You've already touched on it, but. The other part of this is, even if the ACC says, hey, guys, you know, this grant of rights, it's restrictive, and you've been such great members, and yeah, why, why don't we give you a chance to maybe explore your options? If there, or if there were a loophole, however this were to be worked out, if there were an out in this one way or the other, that doesn't necessarily mean these other leagues would want anybody, nope. would it? Nope. No, because, listen, if you're the SEC, <clears throat> other than – Florida State and Clemson, who who among the ACC is really that attractive? Okay, I've I've seen things on on the internet where NC State would be a great fit for the uh, for the SEC. Yeah, maybe it would, but why would the SEC want to saturate this area even more than it already is? Uh, and you know, again, you, what does NC State bring to the table? Yeah, they bring a nice fan base and they bring, you know, some decent teams, but they really don't move the needle nationally, and that's what you're looking for. So, you know, and then Virginia and Virginia Tech, I mean, who, what do they bring? Uh, so, yeah, you have to find a, um, a, a landing spot. You have to find somebody who wants you. Just because you want to go there doesn't mean anything. Right. And, and that's why this whole alliance is, is kind of laughable because – you know, an alliance is only strong as long as the group benefits. But once it becomes, you know, once you, you, you accomplish what you set out to do, and that's get out of the round of rights, now it's every man for himself. And I think that's why, really, this is a bargaining chip, because I can't imagine Virginia and Virginia Tech really being that 
enthusiastic about about trying to get out because their options right. are really really limited. I think. And oh, by the way, even though their state legislatures mandate that they go together, um, UCLA and Southern Cal when they left the Big 12, excuse me, the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12. Um, University of California had the same situation because Cal and, and, and UCLA um, were, were bound by the same kind of uh, uh, political uh, tie. But um, it was worked out that UCLA wrote a big enough check to, to Cal right. To, right. to forego that. So, you know, if, if UNC wanted to go to the Big 10 and leave NC State behind, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the yeah. uh, if, if the price was right, they could work that out. Yeah, I, I think that just knowing politics in the state, too, I, that they're, they're, that's why I said they're maybe less tethered. That, that bond <laughs> is a little less strong than maybe the one yeah. in Virginia. Hey, I want to ask you about uh, who's driving the, the, the you know, the, the move with this, because here's how I kind of look at it. Um, uh, you know, let's face it, the big four, but especially UNC and, and Duke, to a degree NC State, they, for the ACC, that was sort of the nexus of the league. They were running the ACC, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, now it seems like uh, it's Clemson, it's Florida State, and it's yep. Miami. Uh, yep. Graham Neff and uh, Dan uh, Radakovich uh, at Miami. And Michael Alford uh, from Florida State. And he's yeah, and Michael Alford. Well, he's the new guy in this deal. Um, so give us a little bit on that dynamic. What are they seeking ultimately? I mean, Florida State's broke, so obviously any money from anywhere. So what are they seeking ultimately, uh, those three guys, and how – how because, I mean, Clemson's kind of running the league because of the, the emphasis on football right now. You know, where's Correct. Florida State's in this? Where Where's the U in this? And, and again, I think it's more of a cult of personality with – uh, Radakovich because he came from Clemson, but go ahead. Yep. Well, I think Florida State, like you said, Alford is the new guy, and he's looked at the the books and said, we got to do something here, especially since they are going head-to-head against the University of Florida, which is getting SEC money, and, and that's just, you know, it's not a level playing field. Problem is, Florida State really hasn't done anything to earn or deserve uh, a bigger piece of the ACC's pie, because while they're the chic pick to be, you know, the it team next season, what have they done over the last five, eight years? I mean, they have not been Florida State. I mean, ever since Jimbo Fisher got lazy and, you know, decided he was going to leave and stop recruiting, and then they, they had a bad hire with Willie Taggart, and, you know, they're just now climbing out of that hole uh, – Florida State's brand is not what it was a decade ago, and so I think they've kind of overstated their value. That having been said, they do still have value, and football drives the financial bus in college sports right now. And uh, and so I, I think they're trying to get out whatever they can so that, you know, they can they can play on an even playing field with some of their, their closest rivals. Uh, as far as Clemson's concerned, um, I think they're a little jealous that South Carolina is getting SEC money. And uh, while they have done pretty well on their own without, um, uh, you know, that money, uh, I think that they wouldn't mind having it. But I don't think they're as aggressive about this as, um, as Florida State. And I think the reason is I think Graham Neff realizes that if you want to be a national power, if you want to get into this expanded 12-team playoff when it starts next year, 
The ACC is the best place for you to be because, number one, you're going to have that automatic bid or that or nearly automatic bid. And right. if you're in the ACC, who do you have to beat out to get there every year? Well, Florida State, Miami. I mean, these teams have not been, you know, great shakes over the last decade. And so basically do what you do and you have a great chance of getting in. If you go to the SEC, you know, be careful what you wish for because you might get it. Uh, you're going to have to beat out Alabama. You're going to have to beat out Georgia, LSU. Tennessee. I mean, the, the field is a lot deeper there, and, you know, there is no guarantee you're going to get in every year, let alone every five years. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Brett Friedlander. A couple more quick things uh, with Brett. SaturdayRoad.com is where you could check uh, Brett's uh, workout. I want to ask you um, with, with this, uh, how – well, first of all, and this is a little bit of the background on Alford, you, you've got a deal where – are these what what obligation do these schools have to maximize their um, external revenue sources and streams? I mean, in other words, everything's for sale, <laughs> you know, at uh, yeah. on, on every level. So, I mean, that, that seems to be because I, I don't think there's going to be any kind of drastic change to this deal right now. Uh, so, is that the path? Uh, because, look, all, Michael Alford worked for Jerry Jones for a period of time. Michael Alford, you know, worked for the Alabama Learfield Network when it was bringing in the most money of any of those networks in the country. Uh, so, I mean, he knows how to how to do that. I mean, is that kind of the only choice, really, that they have is maximize what you got? I think it is. I don't know if it's the only choice. I, You know, the ACC has a, a consulting firm uh, called Fishbait. Uh, that is uh, working on on trying to find alternative sources of income. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, it, it is incumbent on each of the schools to maximize whatever they can on their own. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's definitely something that uh, Florida State in particular uh, needs to try to, to maximize. And, listen, they're in Tallahassee. I mean, you know, what <laughs> there's, there's, you yeah. know, there's limited resources there, too. Yeah, no, I understand. It's not, it's, not uh, like they're in, it's not like they're in New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles, or even Atlanta. Oh, yeah, I, I get it. Where is Duke in all this? Uh, that's a good question. You know, the thing about it is Duke really has spent a lot of money on football recently, and, you know, it's not lagging behind as much as, as, as it has. Uh, the, the thing that Duke has going for it, obviously, is, is its basketball brand, um, but – I, I don't know how valuable that is. I mean, it might be to the Big Ten because they've got a very strong basketball product. Um, but, uh, yeah, Duke, I think, is, is definitely one of those teams that's really kind of in limbo here because if this thing starts going south, um, their choices basically are uh, the Big East and what do you do about football then or, you know, the American Athletic Conference. You know, it's, it's – um, if I'm Duke, I'm sitting by watching this, holding my breath, because they don't really have a whole lot of options. I would love to see Duke come to Minji's Coliseum. Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be yeah. great, uh, Brett? Well, it's sort of like UConn <laughs> women come in there for all those years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Brett Friedlander. Be careful Saturday what you wrote. wish for. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, so I think so. T- 36 is the grant of rights. We, realistically. We've got to get into uh, five, six years before you can really maybe get serious about trying to break this if you're any of these schools. I mean, just the economics don't work out. Yep. I mean, would you say that's what we're looking at? I mean, that's 
that's a better part of the next uh, decade. Uh, I would but say I mean, yes. It's, it's, that's that's realistic, right? Yeah, and, and and who knows what the what the landscape will look like in five to six years. Here's the thing about the grant of rights, and I would imagine that the language is probably about the same for everybody. But Texas and Oklahoma wanted to get out of the Big 12 and go to the SEC early. And the reason they haven't, the reason they're still in it and they won't be until, you know, they will be until 2024 is because that grant of rights that they have is so ironclad. And so I I don't see any way out of this. I mean, listen, you can have Magnificent Seven, you know, you can have Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood and (laughs) Neil Brenner and the whole works working on trying to get out of this thing. But if they haven't found anything yet, they aren't going to find anything. And so, you know, it, it buys the ACC some time. But I think my, uh, Jim Phillips, who I think is really a weak leader, um, I, I think he's going to have to step up and find some way to 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 fix this situation or at least make it better so that maybe, you know, the, the big happy family that came out of Amelia Island yesterday can actually be – <laughs> big and somewhat happy and together yeah. because they're stuck with each other. You know, and the other thing is this. I mean, I get it. I mean, what what's Boston College bringing to the table? What's Syracuse bringing? Yeah. To, I mean, that's, you know. See, see, here's the thing about all that. I think eventually, and I don't know if it was discussed or not, but I think that eventually you might see them say, okay, look, you have to have a, certain, a minimum amount of money that you're spending on your football program. Right, right. Uh, and, and, and that might be a deterrent for a Boston college or even a Wake Forest, that they just can't afford to stay in the league, and so they have to leave on their own. So, you know, you might see that happen. That might be something that they, that they work on next, and that way they can work on filling the gaps with, with schools that maybe – you know, uh, are, are a little bit more compatible with them and, and would be more valuable for an, a, a DSPN to renegotiation. Um, the other thing is Notre Dame is definitely still the keystone here. And what happens with them and with NBC and uh, how accessible the 12-team playoff is to them without a conference affiliation, if Notre Dame feels like it has to be at a conference, you know, possession is nine-tenths of the law and – Everything but football is in the ACC. Um, I, I think that would be a game changer. Uh, Freed ACC, at Freed ACC, basically Freed ACC yeah. on Twitter is where you can go to follow him uh, there. Uh, Brett Friedlander, great stuff. Thank you for the time. Uh, as always, uh, I'm sure we'll talk prior to football season firing up or if uh, any of this uh, – uh, takes another twist or turn, but uh, great stuff on there, great information. Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate it. Nothing else I'll right, see uh, over at Dowdy Ficklin. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, uh, right now, Chris Cook with a 94.3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. East Carolina plays its final American Conference Series with Game 1 this evening at 6 in Tampa against South Florida. The Pirates enter the series a half game behind Houston for first place in the league. Head coach Cliff Godwin hoping ECU can keep the offense rolling. I thought our offense was good. You know, I thought they battled. Uh, we left some guys out there, um, but when you score 13 runs, it's tough to get them all in there. But like I said, uh, our guys competed. We just didn't quite do enough to win. 
Airtime for radio of the game is at 6.15 today, right here on 94.3 The Game. Tomorrow's Game 2 between ECU and USF on the diamond has been moved to 5 p.m. Our coverage starts right here on 94.3 The Game, starting at 4.45 p.m. ECU baseball stars Josh Rose, Garrett Saylor, Carter Spivey, Justin Wilcoxon, and Trey Savage have been selected to the College Sports Communicators Academic All-District Team. The quintet of Pirate honorees has combined to help ECU win five straight ABCA Excellence Awards. ECU graduate outfielder Taylor Edwards has been named to the NFCA All-Mid-East Region 3rd Team, according to the organization. Edwards becomes the first Pirate to be tabbed to an All-Region NFCA team since 2014 when Krista Oshiro and Shelby Johnson were both named to the All-Mid-East Region 2nd Team. Hank Ken from Team Boneyard visited with Stephen Igo earlier today on Hoist the Colors to discuss progress regarding Team Boneyard. He gave an update on the total amount of money the collective has raised so far. We started getting some larger contributions um, in January, and we really we raised about $400,000 in a two- or three-week span in January. The Hurricanes are set for the Eastern Conference Finals. Carolina will host the Florida Panthers for Game 1 tonight at PNC Arena. The Canes are coming off a 4-1 series win over the New Jersey Devils, while the Panthers are fresh off a 4-1 series win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. One of the most coveted basketball, one of the most coveted college basketball players in the nation is back in the transfer portal. Former North Carolina star guard Caleb Love has decommitted from Michigan and reopened his off-season recruitment. Love had committed to the Wolverines on April 7th following three seasons with the Tar Heels. The 6'4 playmaker averaged just under 17 points, nearly four rebounds, and three assists per game last season. CBS Sports CBS Sports reports that a return to North Carolina is, is, quote, not on the table. Love will be a senior next season and has two years of eligibility remaining. Rafael Nadal announced today that he is pulling out of the French Open because of a lingering hip injury that has sidelined him since January and that he expects 2024 to be the final season of his career. It is the first time he will miss the tournament since his debut there in 2005. It's golf's second major. It's the, P- it's the 105th PGA Championship, which was delayed this morning due to frost. They finally got underway after a two-hour delay. Bryson DeChambeau leads the tournament with an opening round four under 66. Scotty Scheffler and Canadian Corey Connors are done for the day and are both a shot behind at three under. World number one John Rahm, a nightmarish six over in the opening round from Oak Hill. ECU golf alum Harold Varner third finished round one at an even par and is currently in a log jam for 14th. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by the new IBX Media app. Listen to this and other shows such as Hoist the Colors and Talk of the Town on the new free app from IBX Media for your smartphone. Now available on the App Store and on Google Play. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with that daily pirate report on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Time for a road trip. More of the P-Man coming up next on 94.3 The Game. Let's get out of here. Steel professional-grade battery-powered tools. Whether you're looking for the performance to take on residential and commercial... Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, let's jump right in here as uh, we uh, roll on. Uh, and uh, Hank Hinton today uh, with uh, Team Boneyard. 
He was on the uh, Hoist the Colors radio program. Uh, lots uh, that they talked about uh, there. We've already told you the announcement made today about uh, your contributions to the Team Boneyard and IL Collective now being tax deductible. Uh, Cookie had uh, exactly how much money was raised so far. I'm not sure we got to the whole clip on that. Maybe we did. Uh, so stand by with that one, Clark uh, and Cookie. We may uh, air that here in a second. But uh, uh, Hank uh, asked about how many ECU athletes are being paid by the NIO Collective Team Boneyard. Today we have 52 student athletes under a monthly contract. So they get something, whether it's $1,000, $500, whatever it is. We've got 52 players, and we're getting ready to add 10 more football players to that. So, so this month we will be paying 62 student athletes at East Carolina, and uh, that includes apparently uh, women's lacrosse. We've had a donor, one of the guys who is involved with us in the LLC. Actually, his passion is is, is girls lacrosse. He gave us $10,000 that we split among all 33 lacrosse players last last fall, and he's committed to doing that again uh, this year. And then uh, there are the uh, two ECU uh, soccer players, uh, two young ladies who are running the Team Boneyard social media. We've got a couple of soccer players that are helping us with our social media. They just started. So some of the really good-looking social media posts you see are from uh, one of the sophomores on the soccer team and a senior on the soccer team. They also do part-time work for the Pirate Club. And, you know, that's that's a great experience for them, and I think that is uh, the good of this collective. As I stated in the uh, opening monologue, that is uh, one of the positive things about this. So, uh, Clark, let's play that first segment. Cookie, uh, whoever's running it, let's play that first segment again, which uh, – is Hank talking about the money raised so far? Because, again, I, I don't know if the whole cut got on. Maybe it did. But uh, let's play that again, and, and I think it's worth repeating again and hearing the amount of money raised so far by the uh, Boneyard NIL Collective. We started getting some larger contributions um, in January, and we really we raised about $400,000 in a two- or three-week span in January. And, you know, I, I – I shied away when we did your podcast. I, I did not want to give any numbers, but we're almost at the end of year one here, and we're over. We're we're right now we're at five hundred thirty-six thousand dollars raised between the end of we'll we'll turn one on June 29th when we started the LLC. All right. So uh, look, uh, successful first year, but I think it's got to you got to look at it being. Um, more than that, and uh, again, it's, it's the name of the game. It's where we are right now, and uh, that's really kind of where this is at the moment. Uh, ECU baseball coming up at uh, 6.15, top of the hour, radio only. We will have uh, Coach Kirk Kraft, ECU track and field, uh, with us leading you into baseball coverage. So uh, if you're with us on the radio side, stand by uh, for that. Uh, if uh, you're with us on uh, any of our video streaming platforms, we'll be uh, wrapping up here at the top of the hour. Number 15, East Carolina will try for its fourth straight American Athletic Conference regular season title this weekend. Uh, tonight they'll open a three-game set at uh, South Florida Baseball Stadium against uh, USF. Uh, 6.30 will be the first pitch with a 6.15 airtime. Uh, it'll be Zach Root, the left-hander, the freshman from Florida, getting the start. 
uh, tonight for ECU. Josh Gross tomorrow, and then Trey Savage will run out there on Saturday. All right, uh, a timeout. We'll come back and wrap the show up, including the latest power couple, perhaps. Tell you about it. Next. The number one drive time sports show. The Patrick Johnson Show returns in minutes. 94.3 The Game. Turn your car into cash with an instant Kelly Blue Book offer from Barber Hendrick Honda in Greenville. Go online to and support your local Pitt Greenville Airport. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back. We have a uh, an update here. Uh, by the way, no show tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Uh, the baseball game has been moved up to game two of the series. It'll be played. Uh, we're taking you to 6.15 on radio here today. Uh, Kirk Kraft will be with us in just a little bit on the radio side, so uh, stand by for that. Uh, let's see here. Um, Cookie, uh, Clark, just want to run this by you here. Tomorrow that means no Clark Witness News. We're going to debut that tomorrow, but that segment That's not will... Right. will uh, We'll live for another day. Hey, blame the weather people. Look at this. You're all ganged. Look at uh, Dom's in there, too. What a strange collection. That You guys look a little too close for comfort. We just there, got out of the uh, control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually looks like looks like the case. So uh looks like you guys might have had. All right, I want to get the uh, your reaction on this, Clark. Uh-oh. New details have emerged. In relation to rumors of seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady dating A-list celebrity Kim Kardashian, an insider with knowledge of the situation says Kardashian, quote, really likes Brady. They hope not. It's like middle school. Really, I really like him. They like, don't like him, him. Like him. They don't need each other either. That's what normally I would say. Well, that's oh, that's the beauty of the relationship, Clark. They don't need each other. It's an animal attraction. They don't need each other. Tom is going to be broke in a week. <laughs> so after he divorced Giselle, uh, it is he's been linked to several uh, several women, according to Radar Online. He had it made, uh, including Giselle. secretly dating a blonde-haired superstar. Now that is, in some circles, been Reese Witherspoon. So fair or foul, Brady Kardashian. Katie, is that what we would call it? Crady? Crady, Brady, Kim Brady? Yeah, because, you know, the, you combine <laughs> the power couple names. Kim Brady. She'll like, never give Kim her Brady. last name. She'll never Kim give her Brady? Name. I don't know about, I don't know. No, no, you don't understand what I'm saying, Clark. Uh, Cookie no. does. Oh. Cookie, you do, don't you? Tom Dashian. Oh, that, Tom Dashian. That's like it. Nah. There we I'm go. The loop. I get it. That's yes, I'll be here all week. Cookie, I knew you had a role in all this today, and I don't know what it uh, what it was until That's now. What she said. And it's, and it's uh, Tom Dashian. I love it. You serious, Dashian? I know Cookie is. He's dead serious. All right. Uh, great job uh, today with us on uh, the video platform, Clark and uh, Michael Busimi for his help. Cookie Don. Uh, stay with us on the radio side. We will uh, have Kirk Kraft, ECU track and field coach, for you, leading you into coverage of uh, ECU baseball uh, coming up. No show tomorrow. Pirate baseball at 5 o'clock. I'll be back in the morning on Talk of the Town. So we'll uh, talk to you then. Have a great, safe weekend. we got a long weekend here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned.
on the radio side. We're going to talk to Kurt Kraft. Thanks to Fred Friedlander, SaturdayRoad.com, for also being with us here today. All right. For uh, Clark, Cookie, and Dom, and Tom Dashian, I'm the great P-Man, Patrick Johnson. See you tomorrow. Or actually, uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow on Talk of the Town. See you next week here on the PJ Show. It's game day, Pirate Nation, as East Carolina heads down to Tampa to take on the Bulls of South Florida. This is the Pirate Report on 94.3 The Game. Sponsor. There's Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood. Fantastic.